0: Welcome to Creative Twist. I'm Sally Vanderpump, and I'm going to be talking to people who've rediscovered their creativity after a break or taken a twist in their career paths and tried something new. Coming back to creativity made my life better. Let's find out how it changed my guests' lives too. Dabbling in music, photography, radio and design... Martin Whiskin has been a lifelong creative, but it's only in recent years that he worked out how to get paid for that creativity by using his voice. Working with brands such as Lego, BMW and NHS, Martin's voiceover work spans across commercial, corporate, telephony and animation. We talk about how he made the move from working in data management to voiceover, how he gets a buzz out of connecting people and has placed networking at the heart of his business. Thank you for joining me, despite the fact you've actually got COVID today. So, uh, sorry, sorry to hear that, but how are you feeling?
1: Not too bad. It's just, um, it's annoying more than anything because I'm trying to stay away from my family so that they don't get it as well. So, I'm in my room, in my studio, sleeping in my studio, eating in my studio, which, you know, most other days I would be loving that, but it's just, it's just yeah. I can't, I'm not kind of not allowed out really because I don't want to give them anything. No. So not having the option to, to go outside of my room is a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of
0: enforced yeah. live, eat, sleep, breathe, voiceover.
1: Well, yeah, to, to a degree, I can't really do that much talking at the minute because I sound a bit funny as well. Yeah. Unless anyone out there wants some new uh, LEMSIP commercials or something like that. <laughs> um, I think that would be my niche right now.
0: So so you are a voiceover as um by profession at the moment but you've also had um quite a lot of other jobs in your in your career path haven't you do you want to tell us a bit about your previous incarnations
1: yeah so I, i never really had any plan of what i wanted to do when i was growing up i did all the sort of careers lessons at school that gave you random things at the end of the little test where you had to put in all the things you liked and didn't like. And it said, right, scientist or you know technical engineer or whatever, and none of it was ever anything I was interested in. Um, so I left school and the, the first option was because I'd worked part-time whilst, whilst at school to earn a bit of money was I worked in a shop. Um, worked on a record counter in John Menzies, which of course, I love music. So that was brilliant for me. We used to order in music that we wanted to listen to. nice and pretend that it was for a customer and then just put it on the shelf once we've listened to it um but yeah so my in my head my my first port of call was to go and work full-time in a shop you know that was Mm -hmm. it so I I went and worked in a jeweler's um and the reason I, I think one of the reasons I really didn't have much of a plan uh professionally shall we say was because I was heavily into music and I was in bands. So mm. I wanted to be a rock star. That's what it was. Um that was my that was my goal. Um safe to say you know, I did not achieve that goal. Um, <laughs> but still had a lot of fun whilst doing it. Yeah. Um so I, I worked in a jeweler's. Um and what I did in a jewelers was sell jewelry, um, repair jewelry and that's probably about it actually. Yeah. Sell and repair jewelry. So it was nothing really Um, too taxing
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but I just go on
0: no I was just going to say uh, because I had a bit of time as a jewellery in jewellery making and designing Mm. so did you get into the kind of crafty side of it were you kind of hands-on
1: well I that's one of the reasons I ended up moving on from there was because when I was growing up I used to love watches and my Mm. nan would buy me a new watch every Christmas and I used to love it God, I still remember getting a calculator watch for the first time.
0: Oh <laughs> wow, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I was I was quite intrigued by working in a jeweler's amongst all these watches, because there was,
0: you know, uh
1: Tag Hoya, Rolex, Raymond Vale, and all those expensive watches that on the wage I was earning there, I would never be able to afford. Um, but that's one of the reasons I thought, yeah, I'd probably quite enjoy doing that. But then when it came to actually doing handling the jewellery repairing jewellery it was just too uh, too fiddly for me Mm. I think is the word like lots of small pieces that my hands were just not made for yeah (laughs) I
0: I, I can relate Um, to that
1: yeah and I could could do the stuff that I was supposed to be doing but but I don't know it just didn't feel right Mm. so yeah I think I was there about a year
0: but Um, you like the kind of customer service interaction I guess did you
1: not really not at that time no no if i if i worked in a shop now i'd probably be much better at it i think the customer service side not that i wasn't good but i didn't like it i just was very shy um yeah just interacting with strangers every day was not a comfortable place for me so working in a shop where you have customers all the time yeah Um,
0: that's so interesting because when i think of you now i think of someone who's very like you've started running your own networking sessions. You're all about like working with other people and connecting people. And mm. so I'm quite surprised to hear you say that, really.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing. and It's only really probably in the last two years that I would say my um, my confidence has sort of blossomed, shall we say. So I've left it quite late in life, actually, to enjoy <laughs> talking to people. So two years ago, this probably wouldn't have been happening. Yeah. Um, I, I, or if it was, I would have found it very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And one, actually, one of the first things I learned in voiceover, which I wish I'd have learned it years ago, was uh, to make it, you've got to fake it. Mm. Um, you know, in, in the voiceover side, that's, you know, you're, you're playing a role, you're, you're acting. Um, but you can take that into real life and you can pretend to be confident until that confidence builds mm-hmm. um and i wish i wish i'd have known that earlier on because <laughs> it wouldn't be you know becoming confident in my 40s i wish i've done it in my in my teens or earlier but there we go
0: i know it's funny isn't it how you have all the you have all those opportunities when you're younger that you look back and go wow i didn't appreciate that or i didn't appreciate myself in that position mm. until you get to this yeah a bit older um, so how did you switch then into voiceover? How did that change come about?
1: Well, it didn't go from jewellery to voiceover. My, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a long, a long chunk of um database management in the middle. So I went from yeah, working in a jewelers with a couple of like small, very short periods of time working in different things like uh telesales, which was horrendous.
2: Mm, <laughs> Considering yep, what I've just there. told you
1: at the time. I was yeah, <laughs> not confident oh do you want to buy some advertising no it was just yeah (laughs) soul destroying
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. sorry
1: (laughs) bye um so things like that and then but i i sort of somehow started working uh, for a company that dealt with data basically and they were looking after data for companies that it was like uh mailing lists basically so my job was to keep those mailing lists clean and correct against the post office uh, address file so it had to be if anyone was sending an email out, it had to be, the addresses had to be as the post office wanted them. Otherwise mm. it wouldn't get through. Uh, so that was my job. And that over the next 20, nearly 20 years, I worked in database
2: management.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it paid the bills. Let's put it that way. I, I liked the people that I've worked with. The industry was okay, but it, there was no, no creativity in there, mm. you know, I was just working with lists of names and addresses and numbers, and, and that was it. You know, there was nothing I couldn't express myself. I was just one part of a very long chain of, a, you know, a, a mailing, I guess you mm. would call it junk mail. I think people <laughs> would probably be pleased to hear. But yeah, outside of work is where I've always had that creativeness. Mm. So, like I said, I've always been in bands since my late teens. But because I've been in bands, bands need things so bands need websites so I taught myself a bit of web design bands need posters and flyers I taught myself some graphic design they need photos so I taught myself photography and videos taught myself you know all etc etc so when I got made redundant from my uh, database management job I thought there has to be another way I can't just do data forever Mm. because it's just not exciting and like I said, my, at that point, I sort of realised I wasn't going to make music into a full-time thing. So I just started looking at the skills that I'd built up from my attempted music career. I thought, I wonder if I can sell any of those as services. But I, I quickly realised that what was acceptable for punk bands was not acceptable on a corporate level by, <laughs> by any means. Um, so, but, but what I did see was had some recording gear and i thought oh, i wonder if i can record some singers or some like acoustic acts that sort of thing and then i must have been looking online for like new gear like microphones and speakers and leads and all that sort of stuff getting far far too far ahead of myself far too quickly mm-hmm. Um, because facebook started showing me adverts for buy this microphone do this do that but the one advert that stood out in those months of redundancy um It said, record your own voiceovers from home. And this was in 2018, I think.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And it was like a a training course and mentoring program with some old industry voiceover heads. And I thought, well, look, I want to try something different. If it doesn't work, I will go back to data Um, begrudgingly. Um, But yeah, it, it worked. Somehow it worked and I didn't have to uh, you know, look at lists again, at least not the ones that weren't mine. You know, I've got a database of my own now. Which yes, is I was going
0: to say, those <laughs> skills must come in really handy because you've actually got the kind of data management systems that you can put in place for your own work.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I had a chat with a client last year, I think, and I was saying, you know, all that, all that time I spent in, in or trying music, um, trying to make it in music, I feel like is a a bit wasted I would do it all again but it's wasted time and he said yeah but in that time you taught yourself web design and you built your website for your voiceover career you also did photography and now you've picked up some photography gigs as well on on, on the side Mm -hmm. Um, and it made me realize that all that time I thought you know 20 years or so of trying to make it in music was wasted time it wasn't because I'm using so many of those skills now in terms of dealing with people because I would
2: Mm.
1: try and book gigs for the bands talking to promoters that you know a a band is a business in effect but yeah in terms of database stuff and data I've got lots of things that I used to use for um, like data management that I've carried across into running a business I've got my order system where I put all my jobs in and it automatically creates invoices and sheets to sign for the client and all that sort of stuff so it's everything I've done to this point I think has has helped in some way
0: Mm.
1: just you just sometimes have to think about how it's helped
0: yeah i do i definitely agree that i I don't think there's anything wasted really it all sort of somehow feeds in even if it's not apparent at the time somehow Mm. there's a there'll be a link the way you're talking about it it strikes me that you're quite like you're you're quite strategic with your career but also you've got a flexibility about kind of improvising which is maybe a band Thing as well because uh, last week you were off out working with Alex for videographer, <laughs> yeah. weren't you? And um, yeah. and you do other things like the social media gym as well. So it seems like you've got a good kind of flexibility.
1: Yeah, I like to obviously voiceover is like my main my main thing. I like to keep my eyes open for other stuff as well, mm. and I realize probably because of what happened during covid you know lots of people decided to to be voiceover artists and it got tough for a while so I thought maybe I need some other you know some fingers in other pies which is why the networking group started in in a way that's one part of it but yeah I like to I certainly like to try other stuff I'm much more of a yes man than a no man now oh can you do this yes and then I'll work it out rather than rather than panic and just say no yeah So, yeah, the the thing with Alex was, yeah, she in our creative collective group, she she put a call out looking for a camera assistant. And I said, well, what actually do you you need? Because it was for a a filming, three days filming in schools in London or just outside London. I said, because I've done some photography, but don't ask me to film anything. And she said, well, really, I just need you to carry stuff and set it up. I said, I can do that. Um, And it was really nice actually seeing how a video is built from the ground up rather Mm. than just put, just putting the voice to it so that's another reason I did it to give me an insight into how the other side of what we do works
0: that's a great idea because you you get the sort of process behind it and her Mm. her thinking when she's making the videos I guess yeah yeah and also get out of the booth which is always nice isn't it to have a break
1: (laughs) yeah it was I was so excited leading up to it doing it because it was like yeah a few days out of the studio for once um and then yeah, and then the, the day after we, we finished the, the filming, um, yeah, I got COVID. So, <laughs> oh,
0: so back in back in the, the booth.
1: <laughs> but yeah, back in the booth, <laughs> my cell.
0: So what sort of work do you normally do with voiceover?
1: So when I first started, I I really wanted to aim towards commercial because I think that was probably um my band history coming out there where thought oh yeah commercials be on telly be on the radio I'll finally be famous that sort of attitude (laughs) um and I kind of ignored lots of other genres I had no interest in e-learning or uh, telephony stuff because I just thought it just sounds really boring you know commercials sounds awesome and so does video games you know to have a video game that my friends or my my kids could play say oh that's me doing it don't care dad I don't just (laughs) let me play the game um I think it, you know, at the time I thought that would be incredible. Um, but as time went on and I started getting different jobs, I realised that actually it's it's all interesting and all fun, and because you're you're playing a part every time. And actually, probably the most work that I get now is telephony, mm. and the most the work that I enjoy the most is telephony. Even though back at the start I said. No interest whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> not interested. Um, That's so interesting. So what
0: do, what do you like about it? Why is that? Why does that appeal to you?
1: I'll try to explain it. I'm not sure if it's going to make sense, but it's something about. And I know all voiceover is the same because you know by its very nature you don't see who the voice is. You just hear the voice. But to me, there's something even more secretive about being at the end of a telephone. <laughs> And someone picks up the phone and hears your voice. I don't know. It's like some some secretive, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. It's just no one will ever know it's me. You know, my voice is on all these different lines across the country and in, some in different countries as well. No one will ever meet me. I'll never know who it is. And I kind of like that. It's like yeah. the other side of, I guess, when I was in bands, I always wanted to be a famous musician. And this is the other way of doing it people know what you sound like they haven't got a clue who you are
0: mm. you know so
1: it's kind of like a secret fame i guess
0: yeah like Stroking a message in a bottle ego. or something yeah yeah oh i love that idea do you have do you know do you have a record of where your voice is around the world i know some people have like map pins on maps. that
1: would be a nice idea mm. um the 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 phone message is abroad i think i could probably remember i think i've got uh, New Zealand Vietnam which was um an animal hospital or a series of animal hospitals in Vietnam oh wow um run by a British guy which is why they they got a British voiceover to do it um and the reason that the it was an IT company in New Zealand and they'd seen um uh, the IT crowd <laughs> <laughs> and they just said right we want a British voice um to do it yeah so I I I think there's a, there's a call for British voices in lots of different countries. I'm yeah. not really sure why. Do we sound weird to other people as elders? it is? <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> oh, so where do you get most of your work from? What do you, does it come in through your website or through um, auditions or how do you get your work on um, well, networking? Lots of, of different.
1: Yeah, lots of different places, actually. So fortunately now I get quite a few jobs every month through my website. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been a hard slog because uh, yeah seo takes time um, but now it's starting to pay off mm. so that so that's good um auditioning well winning auditions you know the the auditioning side is the yeah the kind of the machine gun effect you do as many as you can and, and hope you're right for that job um you know you could be the best it could be the best audition anyone in the world has ever done but if that client has already got an idea of what they want it to sound like in their head you're not mm. going to get it so that can be a grind but it's just it's just part of it and networking which is good and this is covid fog setting in mm. and <laughs> uh, um, word of mouth so people recommend me to other people which is of course a lovely thing when that yeah. happens because uh, it knows you've done something right
0: yeah it means definitely. you've done something right yeah so yeah t- tell us about the networking the creative collective i've been to several sessions myself and really enjoyed you that have. so yeah thank you tell, tell yeah it's um
1: more. so probably about online networking really started kick off a month or so after first lockdown and i held off for a while much like mobile phones i said it won't you know it won't um it won't catch on and of course <laughs> <laughs> look what happened so well, I eventually you know started doing some online networking and really really got into and I was doing a lot of it but I found it quite difficult sometimes even if you've been in the group for a long while to really and this is not doing any you know I'm not doing down anybody that I've met on networking getting people to understand how important voiceover can be for a business you can't just go into a group of I don't know accountants and mortgage brokers and say right you all need voiceover because chances are they'll just say what what why and you know it it just doesn't work like Hmm. they shouldn't go in and do that anyway but after a year or so I started thinking there's got to be groups where there's more people that I need to be talking to directly so rather than going into a networking group and asking all these different types of businesses, do you know a videographer? Then surely there has to be a group that is that type of person already so I can cut out the middleman. And I asked around and nobody knew of any group like that. So I thought, well, I could start one. No, it's too much work. I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. So (laughs) fast forward probably another six months or so and I started messaging people that I knew saying, do you know of a group of creatives that is, you know, like networking, but for, for creative industries. And everybody said no. And including Ben, who I run the group with, but he said, no, let's start one. And I oh, thought, well, there ben.
2: You, yeah. yeah,
1: there you go. If he hadn't have replied with that, then we wouldn't be doing it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it started. And with the idea to, to cut out the middleman, not just for me, but for anyone else that comes along and to build relationships faster so that, you know, I don't have to meet people through an intermediary. I can just be there straight away with video people or graphic designers or whatever. Um, And the idea behind the group is that, you know, it's all about collaboration. so we don't stop, you know, as you know, you're, you're a voice artist and you was there at the same time as me, we don't stop other voice artists coming. I think we had eight videographers on the first, the first event and mm. that's absolutely brilliant because the the first videographer that pitched on the event said we've got too many videos we need editors and the other seven videographers all their ears pricked up already you know they could be doing work with someone
2: mm, and that's brilliant in other,
1: yeah and in, in other networking groups you you don't get that mm. you know because they lock they lock it out so you can only have one videographer in there um so we're more about the the helping the assistance and just doing stuff together.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that really shines through. You know, you've um, and you've certainly been really helpful to me, kind of making connections and and it just builds it builds relationships and goodwill, doesn't it? To kind mm. of introduce people to each other and um, and you never know when those connections will be useful to each other. And taking out that mm. element of competition as well, like you say, people can end up yeah actually giving each other jobs rather than depriving each other of them
1: yeah exactly I'm a really big believer of trying to connect people and get people work if I can because why wouldn't you you know mm. if you can help someone then surely you just would do it and, that, and that's every t- every after every creative collective because during the, the pitches that we do everyone is requested to, to ask um, what they're looking for. So, you know, I might say, oh, I'm Martin, I'm a voiceover. I'm looking to connect with telecoms companies. Yeah, and then, so after, after the, I always make a note of what everyone asks for. And after the meetings, I always try and connect people with other people that I know straight away because I've been on networking events where I very specifically ask for referrals or connections to a certain type of business. And if someone says they're going to do it, they should do it, and I've had so many instances where someone will say, "Oh, I'll connect you with with so and so," and they and they just don't. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and you know, sometimes life gets in the way, and people might be too busy. But if you're gonna try, if you're gonna say you're gonna connect someone with someone, you should do it. So I've, this year, I've really made a, a, a real effort to just to connect people as much as I possibly can because it will just help everybody.
0: Mm. And you're, I think you're brilliant at that one. Um... You know, you really use social media in quite a, in a really sort of authentic, but I'd say probably quite unusual way, maybe (laughs) on LinkedIn, would you say like, you're kind of very up for doing videos, which isn't more sort of recent on LinkedIn, you're kind of bring comedy to it. Like, it's really refreshing Uh, to see that.
1: Thank you. It it took me a long time to find my way, I think, on LinkedIn, because to start with, I just thought, oh, it's professional. It's a professional platform. I have to say professional stuff um, and just be sensible all the time. And that's how I, when I first started doing networking, like especially face-to-face network, that's what I was like there. I would dress up quite smartly and shake hands and, you know, not swear and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it sort of dawned on me quite quickly that I was basically lying to everybody that I was talking to because that just isn't me. You know, I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy every day and and actually after covid when I went back face-to-face that's what I wore at face-to-face networking events because people wouldn't recognize me otherwise because I've been like this on (laughs) on Zoom the whole time um but it it, but yeah going back to like the the LinkedIn thing it as I started to realize it it was just just so bland and boring I thought well you've just got to start doing what you do you know so what i I think I stopped, this is going to sound weird, but I stopped caring. So mm. I, I, I still obviously care about what I'm posting and that, but I stopped caring in the sense that what are people going to think of me? Yeah. So I just, I just, you know, I posted up a video of me this morning saying I've got, you know, talking about the fact that I've got COVID and I just don't, I want people to connect with me and want to work with me because of who I am, not because I'm, you know, I act professional and, Wear a tie and that sort of thing i'd like people to work with the person behind the business rather than the business
0: yeah and i think you get a really um genuine response to your posts as well don't you and you always generate quite a lot of conversation and those links that you've made through networking everyone chats within your comments and things which is really nice
1: yeah, I've started to notice that, actually. People talk to each other more than they talk to me now on, that, on my post. <laughs> well, that's a bit rude. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> Yes, exactly. How dare they? <laughs> no, but that, show, that sort of shows what a catalyst role you're playing in as a, in the community, I suppose, doesn't it?
1: That, yeah, that's a nice way of looking at it, I think, because, like I said, I, and actually I, this is um, an answer to one of your questions later, a book I've been reading recently as well about connecting people and I there's I don't know why but well when you first start networking you don't know anybody so you can't help anybody and it takes a while until you start to know people and when someone says oh I need to connect with a I don't know web designer you're actually I know five and you Mm. do the business but to start with, yeah, it's just hopeless. Oh, do you know? No, I don't know anybody yet. Sorry. And you kind of feel bad at the beginning of your networking journey because you can't help anybody and you're just asking people to help you all the time. Mm. Um, So, so now I'm sort of, I guess I'm just putting back in what I took out at the beginning to, to meet people. Um, And I really get a buzz out of helping or or seeing the results of a good connection Mm. so if two people have met because of me putting them in touch and they've done work together you know brilliant I I love it um and actually listening to myself saying that now sounds really odd but yeah I do really enjoy that
0: yeah but I think that's a big part of why we're creative as well isn't it that it's it is actually about connection and um Mm. shared shared experience and you know trying to create things happens better when you do it in community or with other people
1: mm, that's a really nice way of looking at it actually yeah I'm, yeah i'm gonna write that down later i like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i've just read um uh, i think it's called on connection by k tempest which is just brilliant mm. so that's a book that i would definitely recommend okay um all about that you know that cre- creativity is the sort of craft and the, the reward of it is, is the community and the sharing of it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That's nice.
0: Definitely would recommend that. Going back to the fact that you kind of went from the data, the data management side with your creative stuff on the side. Now you very much mm. put creativity in the sort of center of your life. Um, mm. how does it feel as a different lifestyle?
1: It's funny actually because whilst i in the last 10 years of when i had a real job because voiceover isn't a real job let's face it standing in a box making stupid noises for money this, <laughs> every every child's dream i think um it's a, yeah I, I worked from home for those last 10 years of of employment so the transition into into this was probably a bit easier because you know, I'm still working from home, mm. albeit in, you know, uh, I've changed the layout because it's a studio now rather than just a, a, a room. Um, but in terms of getting paid for, like scratching my creative itch, without knowing it, from the time I started off in bands, that's probably what my goal was, you know, through my teens and, and the well. 20s and 30s <laughs> um, but yeah I, so I think I've achieved my goal of of working in a creative role um, I just didn't know or hadn't really processed it at the time apparently male brains develop slower so that's my excuse that <laughs> 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 um, that was my goal you know I wanted to be a musician but I hadn't formed that into the idea of you know get paid to be creative because, you know, I, didn't, I guess I didn't, hadn't had to think of it like that before. But through conversations with people like that client I was telling you about earlier, all these things like bands, photography, web design, poster design, all that stuff, it's all creative. But I'd never kind of put a, an umbrella over it and said, yeah, that's, I am a creative person. I, I think probably I just never really realized it. Mm. I just thought, yeah, I'll play guitar and that's it. Or I can do a bit of web design. I never thought of it as being a creative so yeah to to be doing something now that like i said that scratches that itch yeah i couldn't let's put it this way i'm not going to go back to an office i I refuse to let it happen
0: yeah and i think it's a great feeling isn't it when you realize it's working you know this is Uh. i can i can make this work
2: yeah
1: every now and then i have to sort of sit back and think almost like a pinch yourself sort Mm. of thing is this real? Am I, have I really got a box to record stuff in for people? People buying my voice from me, you know, it's, it's an odd thing. And you look at, you know, I always do analysis on how many jobs I've had that year and month and that sort of thing. You think it's just, yeah, just unreal sometimes. You think, wow, I have managed it, mm. done it.
0: And talking um, of buying your voice, I think you are that's really creative the way you've done your website, actually, the way you've done your kind of packages that people can buy Mm. of ivr clips Mm. and things how did you come up with that as a way to sell your services
1: trying to think of and actually that that sort of thing started coming in during the first lockdown i think so that's when the idea first formed because oh just to clarify so on my website i've got Mm -hmm. uh, a little shop where you can download Uh, telephone messages for like a fiver so there's i think there's about 40 different messages from thank you for calling we're not here right now blah 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 that sort of thing but they're they're generic so any business can buy that and have a professional recording on the end of their phone if you want your business name in there phone me up we can talk but the idea was to have have it accessible so everyone really could afford to have a professional voicemail at the end of their phone and one of the reasons was during lockdown i had a job and i felt so bad for invoicing for it but it was for a um a hotel in and it was somewhere somewhere like north so darlington or doncar somewhere that was you know further than london that's (laughs) that's north for me i'm from kent so and and the answer machine was or the message was something like thanks for calling unfortunately we've had to cancel all our bookings thanks for being customers for the past hundred years or however long this hotel would be open Aww. but uh we're closing down and that and that made me think whoa that is yeah everyone at that point was a- a- affected mm. you know there was there was things happening all over the place and that made me think about how how could i make it possible uh, for other you know other businesses that might be finding it hard to have that sort of stuff so that was, mm. that was the idea behind it. um and yeah, and also the other part of it is I was just brainstorming revenue streams where the work is done once and then I can just let it sit. Mm. And I want more of those because <laughs> then I can just retire early.
0: Yeah. Now I think that's a really good um, tip for creative businesses though, isn't it? To have that kind of, to try and have a few different elements that you can mm. get income from because it's not always... It's not always steady, is it work? Yeah,
1: exactly. So even if it's just a you know a, a few extra quid a month to fill in the blanks, you know when you might be a bit slower, um, it, it all adds up. And mm. I, I've really been trying to think of other things like that um, over the past few months. So I'm hoping to start a few collaborations with people for for projects. And so the other thing that I really like about uh, like co- collaborating with people is that. It's not just you doing the work to get the, the promotion out there. There's two people or three people working behind it to, to potentially get the work. Um, and it's like a team, you know, you're, you're in it together to, to make this work and you don't want to be the weak link. So everyone's sort of pushing to get, to get stuff done. Um, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: And I think that can be sometimes one of the hard things about working on your own because you can end up second-guessing yourself and thinking, is that a good idea or you know so to have someone else to mm. bounce things off is makes a huge difference
1: yeah which is another important reason for networking i think so you can talk to other people in the same situation as you running businesses about you know any any problems you might
0: have yeah absolutely i was thinking if you imagine someone who's sort of in the position that you were in when you were doing your data job and you're thinking about <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking about wanting to Make a creative career change. What Hmm. would be your what do you wish you'd known then?
1: Um, don't be afraid to try something that is completely unexpected of you. So, I think for years I'd probably held off really, really, although I'd wanted a music career to be the thing, I'd always held off a lot in going 100% for long, like quitting a job and just hitting the road because I had rent to pay you know so there's always and, and parents to make sure they were not saying get back to work that sort of you know not making any money in a van week to week would be would be a tough sell to the parents but i would say yeah so when it got to the point of you know with voiceover i had my own house um so i had my own bills to pay so it's very much it as a pressure thing mm. as well but i, I thought i've you know had a bit of redundancy money to see me through until i could work out whether it was going to work or not but just just go for it because you will never know otherwise.
2: Mm. And
1: you, you'll probably look back and think, damn, I could have done that. But too late now. I'm 90 or whatever. <laughs> um, so, never yeah, I, I think if never I hadn't – <laughs> yeah, and, and I look back now and I emailed a few people after I got made redundant contacts from that job saying, need any data work doing? And I'm so glad now that none of them came back and said yes. Because I'd probably still be doing it. Yeah. Um, and so I so I think if you've got an idea, just try it. And even if it doesn't work, at least you've tried it, you know, and you can say, Oh, I tried that once. And then yeah. you know, and then you can go back to, to the office. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and are you still playing in bands? Have you got any gigs coming no, up? Or that, is that...
1: Um Yeah, that um so it was in oh we I think my last gig. Ever I think was 2012 oh, probably in about it will be ten years in about two months I think um, and I only know that date because I had to look it up the other day when someone one of my friends asked me um, and yeah the last gig we ever played was uh, on a light ship, a decommissioned light ship, which was a phenomenal venue yeah and then like, uh, like I said, being in a band is so much work you know mm. so much work to try and get the the gigs that are going to pay and get people to come to the gigs and sell your stuff and everything whilst doing a full-time job.
2: Mm.
1: And eventually it just, it got too much for me. So, you know, I readily admit that I flipped out and lost it. So I said, right, I've got, I've got, I need a break. I just need a few months off and then reassess or so took three months off from the band, which had been going for about 10 years at that point. So it was, you know, it was a big deal for, for everyone in it. Well, I hope so they're listening um I don't want to presume that you enjoyed your time in the band <laughs> but... <laughs> but then at the end of that three months I was just like I'm done I, I just don't want to I've done it you know I've tried it and I wasn't giving up I was letting go yes yeah. that's, that's what I've sort of learned um so we had a meeting <laughs> <laughs> and this is so bad we had a meeting on uh it was uh in yeah beginning of 2013 and it was on February the 14th Valentine's Day <laughs> And I said, "I don't love you anymore. I'm not oh. coming back to the band." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I always remember that date because, yeah, Valentine's Day and what yeah. a thing to do on Valentine's oh. Day. Um, but my yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, and and I I pick up my guitar every now and then. It's on you know it's a, on top of my box, my my vocal booth, but I just don't I don't have the drive for it anymore.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I think I just got worn out trying and. I still, I still love music, and I wouldn't change those years at all. And I'd do it all again mm. if I could. Um, um, you know, some of my best friends that I've ever had with, are, are from music. Um, yeah, but yeah. In short answer, no, I haven't got any gigs coming up.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> you switched, switched uh, instruments to your. But do you still mm. enjoy playing the guitar then, as a as a sort of more of a hobby?
1: It, it's funny because I it took me probably about 2 years after the band ended to pick it up again because yeah. i was so like just completely burnt out from from doing it um because i was writing the songs as well so and yeah. that you know that's such a for me it was quite an intense like process so it took me a while to pick it back up and i do pick it up maybe once a week
2: mm. but
1: it might only be for a couple of minutes just to just to play a verse or a chorus of a song then I'll put it down um my son probably enjoys me playing it more than I enjoy playing it now so I will bash out a postman pat or
2: (laughs) something like that
1: for him on the guitar and he quite enjoys that um but yeah it's funny because I think because I'm doing creative things in my work life now Mm. I don't need that extracurricular creative stuff anymore because I'm doing it you know this is ultimately finally I've realized what I wanted to do
0: oh that's so good I love I love that because that, cause sometimes it can feel the other way around can't it that you feel like there's more pressure now on your creativity and mm. that can take some of the pleasure out but if you can keep that sense of joy about it as well then I think that's mm. magic
2: yeah
1: it's um it's funny like what you said then about like keeping that creativity and the the pressure of it i i do find the the pressure of being creative on social media
2: mm.
1: that's where I find the pressure now because I went through a phase where I was doing some really good stuff for, for LinkedIn and I, I've really sort of trailed off there mm. just because I, I, don't, I don't know why I think I'm maybe because I'm busier busier in work my, my brain is taken up with, with other things but I was doing game shows and god knows what else on LinkedIn for a while but yeah it can be tough to keep up creativity I think
0: yeah and that momentum to always be thinking about especially when the systems change all the time like i'm i prefer in or i have usually preferred instagram but all the changes that go on they kind of constantly running to keep up with social media sometimes aren't you yeah no i think i think the main thing that i feel like i learned from watching you on on linkedin is that authenticity is the sort of key to it really
1: Mm. i I just think stop caring what people think yeah if if someone if someone looks at your posts and thinks oh what an idiot then you probably you probably don't want to work with that person anyway yeah um so the way if you're yourself in your posts you will attract the people that you would prefer to work with anyway i think i think Mm -hmm. that's the way that or at least i I hope that's that's what's going to happen with me
0: yeah (laughs) you were going to tell me about a book what was the book that you would recommend
1: well, there's two, two mm. books. Um, so they're not really... Well, the first one isn't anything to do with creativity. It's more to do with networking. And it was actually recommended to me a couple of months ago. Um, and it's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John D. Mann. Mm. Um, as you've noticed uh, in the other name, there's always also got... There's like Berger references in both names. Of, <laughs> Ooh,
2: Bob subliminal. Berg and,
1: and James Allberger. So... <laughs> Um, so anyway, sorry, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John D. Mann. And it's about, and it was funny because I'd already put a lot of this stuff in that book into, into action with like connecting people and stuff this year. But it's it's a different business book in that it's a story. So they framed it around this fictional guy working out why he's not the best salesman. And it's all about being that giver, being the connector, being someone that helps others um that doesn't mean giving to charity and stuff like that but it means you know helping other people in business why wouldn't you help your competitor for example and just seeing seeing things differently I think so yeah give give is the uh the idea behind that book and it's, mm. it's quite short so yeah it's a really good read I read it really quickly and really enjoyed that one on the creative side it has to be about voiceover I guess uh, art of voice acting by james r alberger oh, um, and it's yes. got yeah if you've uh, if you want to get into voice acting or you're already in voice acting actually it's got literally everything you could ever need to know about voiceover in there um yeah very thick book took me a long time to read i think about four 400 pages
0: right um, yes that one's on so my... much in it
1: yeah it's good but saying that you know you can't learn voice acting from a book You know, Mm. you have have to do voice acting. You can't just read a book about voice acting and become a voice actor.
0: (laughs) No, it's definitely, you've got to learn by doing, haven't you? Mm. So what are you you working on next?
1: Well, who knows actually, because, yeah, because of my voice. Luckily on Saturday, I did a job. I was out doing that shoot with Alex, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I had to put off a couple of jobs saying I'm actually out. This time, but I can do it on Saturday morning. And then I did one on Sunday morning. So I did a, it was telephone, some telephone messages on Saturday, and I did a health and safety video on Sunday. And then yesterday morning, when I woke up, I was so relieved that I had done them because I was talking like this yesterday. (laughs) And it would, yeah, it just would have been, (laughs) it would have been awful. So I was so relieved. So that's what, that's the last two things that I've worked on. Um, But at the minute, because of what's going on, I've just had to stop auditions. Um, and just concentrate on connections you know ma- email marketing and yeah just trying to catch up on some rest really
2: mm.
1: but yeah I, oh one thing I am going to be working on is a new commercial wheel that I've been meaning to do since March um, and hopefully by the end of July throat uh, you know if, if my throat holds up I'll, yeah, I'll have a new commercial wheel
0: yeah great and will you record that yourself
1: yeah yeah I will and I think this might be, I don't want to say it'll be the last one I record myself, mm. but I've always been of the belief that I want to show people what I would sound like if they, you know, hired me.
2: Mm.
1: So I don't want to go into a studio that has a different sound, record my demo, and then when someone hires me, they say, well, you don't sound like you did on your demo. Mm. was well, because I didn't record it. Yeah. You know? So I, that's, that's my thinking anyway.
0: Well, I think um, I will let you... Rest your voice now, so that it Thank can. Uh, you. Thank <laughs> <get better>. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Um, just last thing. I mean, where can people find you if they want to get in touch or with both you and also with the Creative Collective? If you want to give that.
1: Yeah. A so um, my name is Martin Whiskin, and it's W-H-I-S-K-I-N. You could probably find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm. I think I'm the only Martin Wiskin in the world. Yeah, that's a strange thought. Hmm. Um, and yeah that's my web address martinwiskin.co.uk I wasn't very inventive when I was coming up with my business name <laughs> it was just my <laughs> name um, and The Creative Collective is it's quite a long one it's Networking.co.uk.
0: Great that's lovely and hopefully I will see you at one of your meetings very soon Brilliant Thanks so much Martin
1: Thanks for having me on Thank you Cheers Sally Bye, Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Creative Twist. Show notes and resources can be found on my website, sallyvanderpump.com. Thanks to Rosie Kernahan for the podcast photo, to Vicky Arledge for composing the music, to Jen at Studio 2711 for the artwork, and to Tina Cooney for the branding. I'd love to work with you on a creative project. If you'd like to book me for voiceover or talk about an acting project, please contact me via my website, sallyvanderpump.com. And if you'd like to meditate with me, you can find me on SoundCloud or Insight Timer.